The show you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a good Monday afternoon to you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get things going for a brand new week here on the Mike Douglas Show. It is T-minus 42 days until the midterm elections on November 8, and I am thoroughly convinced every day more and more solidified in my viewpoint. This is no longer a tipping point election. This is either we drive off the cliff or we screech to a halt, throw it in reverse, and start to make some progress. That's my that's my metaphor for this particular election. Only 42 days away. Program note for today, by the way, 4.30 today. Uh, we'll be uh, breaking to cover the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. You can get the NFL action here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV at 4.30 and on Fox Sports AM 1280. And also a special greetings to our Jewish brothers and sisters. We're in the midst of Rosh Hashanah, celebration of the Jewish New Year. I believe it's around 5783. Is that the right year? And uh, so our uh, best wishes to our Jewish brothers and sisters in that celebration as well. On the phone with us is retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski, and we've invited Bob to join us today for a couple of reasons. First of all, Bob, let's get started with this. Uh, the president, longtime president and founder of the Hells Angels, uh, Sonny Barger, uh, his memorial service, his funeral, burial, etc., was uh, this Saturday. And thankfully, apparently, uh, there at the Stockton 99 Speedway, uh, there were thousands of people there. Everything was calm, which speaks well for all those who participated. But, Bob, you you uh, had some personal encounters once or twice in your career with Sonny Barger. Just uh, out of interest, tell us about uh, how you encountered him. Well, thank you again for inviting me. Uh, my first experience and uh, was an unusual one. Uh, uh, back in November of 1987, uh, the FBI and ATF, we had arrested uh, 13 Hells Angels, including uh, Sonny, on uh, narcotics charges and weapons and explosives. And um, we did it over several states, and and um, he was arrested in San Francisco. And uh, I was in our headquarters there at that time, and, and I was walking down the hallway, uh, which leads to our interview rooms uh, uh, for suspects and, and, you know, anybody want to talk to. And uh, I started hearing this commotion, you know, fighting going on and crashing on the floor. And I walked into the hallway, and there was Sonny on the floor, handcuffed and, and struggling with uh, our agents. And, and uh, we're, we're just trying to calm him down. And I, and I look at him, I go, what's going on? And uh, he says, you're going to beat me up. You can beat me up right on the floor here. And uh, I said, look, you know. We're not going to beat you up. We just need to take you one of the rooms and talk to you. And so uh, we got him to settle down, and and uh, they went and interviewed him. And uh, that was my uh, experience with with uh, with Sonny. 
uh, even though it's short, uh, it was quite eventful. Sounds like uh, quite a bit of drama going on there with Sonny, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. Uh, in fact, what led up to it, uh, I was on the SWAT team for the FBI at that time and uh, during that investigation, and, and uh, we had a, uh, a bug, uh, what we call a spike, uh, to intercept uh, communications in one of their motorcycle shops. And uh, the, the mic uh, uh, was not picking up the voices properly, so uh, we had to go and rearrange the mic in the, in the motorcycle shop. And so uh, we went out in the van, and the SWAT team was going to uh, look out down the street and cover our other agents who were going to go in and, and break into the shop and, and move the mic around. But when we got there, we saw this person sitting in the, uh, in the shop and uh, it just sat there for a few minutes, and, and we couldn't figure out what's going on if they had somebody, you know, scoping out the place at night. And here we, were, <laughs> we realized later it was a mannequin, and uh, it kept us at bay a while. And so <laughs> we finally got over there, and, the, and he just got back into the shop, and we removed the mic. And, and of course, that led to, uh, you know, evidence later on down the line. That sounds a bit like the old law enforcement trick when you try to cut down on speeding. You you put a uh, patrol car out there, park it, and put a mannequin in the in the front seat, and it tends to slow people down yeah. uh, and doesn't cost a whole lot, right? Similar similar yeah. tactic. Bob, let's yeah, so, let, anyway. That's a couple of experience I had. Let, let me ask you about the Hell's Angels. Uh, a lot of perceptions about them. Uh, what what? From the FBI's perspective, and and you served for so many years, has that organization morphed at all? What what was it really at its height, and and how would you evaluate it this day? Well, um, to tell you the truth, I don't. When I first came in the bureau, I mean that was my first experience with dealing with organized crimes and stuff like that, and and uh, we just knew it as. Uh, one of the many motorcycle gangs that were, you know, involved in narcotics and everything. And, and, and of course, that uh, Hell's Angels was a, a predominant place because uh, Oakland, California, was the headquarters for uh, the Hell's Angels. So uh, that's all I knew at that time, how it morphed uh, uh, to, you know, something else that uh, it was before. It was, uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, any gang that's involved with uh, conspiracy, organized crime, uh, can't be a good one, whether it's the, uh, the banditos or, or organizations throughout the United States. And also during the world, uh, throughout the world, there are chapters uh, all over the United States and as well as in uh, foreign countries. So uh, they're still going strong as far as I can tell. Bob Deklinski, our guest. Bob, former FBI agent and a man we lean on uh, quite often to give us uh, some some nuggets of wisdom from his experience. Bob, let's uh, let's change gears here just a little bit. So much news lately. Of course, we had the raid at uh, Mar-a-Lago. Uh, the pillow man, Mike Lindell, he got stopped by FBI agents to confiscate his uh, cell phone. And uh, it, it just seems, and I'm holding here in my hands, uh, two new issues. You've got uh, FBI whistleblowers saying that they feel uh, constitutional rights might have been violated for a lot of the January 6th defendants. And then uh, latest, I think this was on Friday, the FBI raided a home of a Catholic pro-life speaker 
apparently with guns drawn as guns drawn as his wife uh, as his wife said and they uh, at least detained him and and took him to headquarters our our research tends to indicate that there's a general rule with the justice department that you don't select the timing of investigative steps or or criminal charges to affect any election or to give an advantage or disadvantage to any candidate or political party. What's happening with that today? What what do you see with with that policy? Well, the DOJ, Department of Justice, is violating their own policies, their own memorandums. And, um, you know, like I said, I was... I've been in a you know bureau from 1970 uh, 1970 to 1999, and um, it was a standing thing. You know you wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, uh, boy, if it was uh, you contemplated anything like that, uh, you were admonished, and um, it, because it will affect uh, it'll affect uh, the president's election or our congressional. Uh, you just you never did such a thing. And uh, what they did is they violated their own rules of uh, understanding. Bob, let's say you're an agent now and you're in a position where you're seeing some of this going on. My perception is the reason that there are some whistleblowers is that they don't feel that their assessments of what going on, what's going on will go very far up the line. Do you think the issue right now is is in the uh, administrative, the management end uh, of the bureau? Is is that where the problems are? Is is that where they need to start to reverse direction? Well, that's you're exactly right. Um, uh, there are two offices in Washington D.C. You've got the main headquarters of the FBI, and then you have the Washington field office, and that's where most of the investigations occur. Once you start taking it to the management over at FBI headquarters and taking it from the people that are on the ground in the field that know what they're doing, that becomes the problem. And it's at the top of, uh, of this administration uh, that's uh, causing this whole problem. And it's the same thing with the DOJ. If you don't let the regular line file people that are attorneys uh, do the right thing and do everything at the top, then that's where you're going to get messed up. Bob, it seems like, and and check me on this if I'm wrong, but it just seems to me like a lot of this is designed for headlines, designed for the media, designed to make a statement, Uh, whereas a subpoena might do it, even a phone call uh, to an attorney might do it. I'm thinking of uh, the issue of Mike Lindell. I I would assume that a phone call to him or a phone call to his attorneys saying, uh, we we want your cell phone, whether that's you know that's justified or not. If they've got a warrant, they've got a warrant. But but to to drive up to to follow him to Hardee's or after Hardee's, can't remember what it was, and 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 to do basically a big stop there to obtain a, a, a cell phone seems to me that that's a bad word probably to use. Overkill. Would you agree with that? Yes, I you know I would. I mean. A lot of things that the FBI is doing now were things that we never did back uh, when I was in the Bureau. Uh, Again, they try to use the word common sense. Uh, You know, you're not talking about a top 10 or a major drug dealer in the cartel. You're talking somebody that uh, has a a legitimate business, is 
uh, is out in the public and everything like that. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, the poor gentleman that uh, is a pro-lifer. Uh, there, there, there's absolutely no need for that, uh, that much power. Uh, you know, like I said, we used to do things in a little more uh, perspective way. Bob Deklinski, our guest, former FBI agent, and uh, again, a man that we uh, we lean on quite often uh, for some some wisdom. Uh, Bob, before we let you go, what where would you start with solving this problem? Let, let's say that you are named the director of the FBI, or let's say you're named the attorney general, either one, in uh, 2024. Where would you start? to turn things around, understanding that right now the public trust of the FBI is being eroded, where would you start to try to uh, reverse this trend? Well, first of all, uh, put the investigation back with the agents that have been doing this for years, uh, back at the the FBI uh, Washington Field Office. And then I'd start cleaning the three or four top uh, positions below me. Uh, rearrange it, you know, make musical chairs, you know, send a message, you know, I'm not going to put up with this kind of garbage, uh, you know, while I'm a director of the FBI. And the same thing, it, you, can, you can clean up the, the FBI, but if you don't do the same thing at the Department of Justice, uh, it's, it's an uphill battle. And that's why we need a new attorney general to clean house down there, do and get rid of people that are in the top positions and give the line investigators or the line attorneys the chance to do their job. Bob Deklinski, our guest. Bob, can we hold you over just for a couple of moments? We have a caller that has a, a question for you, and uh, we'll sure. get to him in yeah. three minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with FBI former FBI agent, retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski, in three minutes when the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our guest at the moment, retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski. Uh, Bob, we have a caller who has a question for you. James from Manteca. You're on with Mike Douglas and retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski. What's your question, James? Hi, Bob. Mike. First off, you guys do great work. I give a lot of money to the police force. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been following this border thing. Sometime back, not very long ago, it was maybe 30 uh, known terrorist 9-11 types uh, were caught by the, the great uh, police force, the border officers, and now it's up to 70. And I looked at the FBI as the top of the line just under the president. Is it the president says this is enough? Can't some law enforcement agency, the FBI, or somebody hired and said, hey, we got to put a stop to this, all right? Or do people worry about getting fired from their jobs? Is it out there, there's jurisdiction? We just, we don't know. They're just coming over and flowing over like a turned-on water spigot. I mean that very nice and politely, but they're ready to, to terrorize mm-hmm. our country. They even tell us they are. What are, what are we yeah. waiting for? Well, that's, this is where the director of the FBI comes in. When he's before the Congressional Committee, whether the Senate or the House, this is where when he's asked a question, are we losing at the border and does it, does it need to be sealed? That's where he doesn't have to – he should not worry about his position. He needs to tell the truth and say, look, we are losing there. And it has to start with every director, whether it's ATF or uh, the House, uh, House uh, Committee or whether it's uh, the FBI. 
the people at the top are the ones that need to send a message to the president and not be worried about what their job is. They know what the truth is down there. So did Biden and so does Harris. But they won't want to admit to it until they are cornered by directors from all the divisions involved in this matter. Yes, sir. Well, Harris mm-hmm. has been down there. She, Go ahead. No, mm-hmm. even Biden hasn't been there. He's been at almost every state in the union and in Europe, and yet he won't visit the border to see what's really going on. No, and Mallorca says everything's fine. Everything's uh, cool. It's closed down there. Why can't an FBI or some powerful, uh, I guess I say a Republican force, uh, seems that we're, we're for the closure of it, to say, hey, look, let's 35 million people. Yeah, James, we're, we're losing your signal there a little bit, but I think you got the gist of the question. Uh, Bob, do you want to respond yeah. to that real quick? Yeah, it, it, it all goes to the top of every, every department in the United States. But the main thing is that we have a chance, like you were just saying earlier, to make a difference, and that's on Election Day. We need to get rid of the president and the vice president and make new people in there that understand what the situation is at the border, what the, everything is involved in the United States involving crime and the cities. And without us doing that, it's going to stay the status quo. Bob Deklinski, our guest, James, thanks for the call. Uh, Bob Deklinski, retired FBI agent. Bob, is uh, j- just before we let you go very quickly, we, we tend to think uh, of the FBI as being very powerful and, and such, but like any structure that has a command structure, you have to follow orders. And uh, like, like you said, if the main office in uh, – and D.C. says things are going to be one way. There, there's really no court of appeal to that, is there? No. Um, and that's what's frustrating for me when I watch a director, uh, Ray, uh, go before Congress and don't, doesn't stand up to say what is going on here or whether it's ATF or whether it's um, uh, any organization that has a law enforcement jurisdiction standing up and saying this is wrong instead of the 20 FBI agents that are whistleblowers. It has to come from the top. Bob Deklinski, our guest, former and retired FBI agent. Bob, always appreciate your insights and your experience. And uh, as always, uh, my friend, thank you for your service to our country and to our communities. And I'll remind everyone, Bob, in my experience when long time ago, when I was uh, in law enforcement, I always had very positive relations, whether it was a, a bank robbery or a kidnapping, and then in, more recently even serving as a, as a volunteer chaplain for Modesto P- mm-hmm. PD and for Stanislaus County Sheriff. Had very positive, very positive interactions with the FBI. And so uh, I, I think the frustration for many is what's happening at the top. And, and again, as you have said, mm-hmm. I think the solution to that is in 42 days there's an election and we need to start making a statement by who we vote for and why. Bob, thanks so much for joining us today. appreciate you uh, and, and your observations as well. You're welcome. All right, Bob Deklinski, our our guest uh, here on the Mike Douglas Show. Uh, Again, just a program note today. In about an hour, we'll be joining NFL coverage at 4.30. It's the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. All the action here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, also on Fox Sports. 
AM 1280. When we come back, uh, we'll also get back to the phones, 209-551-3483. And uh, happening about 45 minutes from now, it's The Rock versus The Rover. Interesting NASA matchup with an asteroid coming up. We'll talk about it in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Monday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, appreciate Bob Deklinski, uh lending his narrative and his opinions, his analysis of what's going on today with the, uh, with the FBI. I want to talk to you about what's going on up in the sky in about, oh, 40 minutes from now or so. Uh, before we do that, there's... And I just saw this. I don't know if you heard it about it, heard about it or not. This happened, I believe, on Friday. Uh, a man named Mark Hauk is the founder and president of an organization called the King's Men, and it promotes healing for victims of pornography addiction and promotes uh, Christian values and virtues among men in the United States and and Europe. Well, apparently. At 7.05 a.m., I believe it was last Friday, uh, there are shouts at the door, and apparently his wife, Ryan Marie, uh, said there were 25 to 30 FBI agents swarming their property with about 15 vehicles. She said they started pounding on the door and yelling uh, yelling for us to open it. And she said, please, I'm going to open the door, but please, my children are in the home. I have seven babies in the house. She said, but they just kept pounding and yelling. And apparently when her husband, Mark, opened the door, they had big, she said, they had big, huge rifles pointed at Mark and pointed at me. And uh, they kind of pointed it throughout the house. According to her narrative, when they came in, the FBI ordered the kids to stay upstairs she said, our staircase is open, so the kids were all at the top of the stairs, which faces the front door. I was on the stairs coming down. The kids were all screaming. It was just very scary and traumatic. Well, uh, apparently, uh, they uh, took him for uh, downtown uh, to their headquarters for um, some interrogations, apparently, and a lot of details here about, you know, he's, he's been uh, uh, involved in, in some uh, opposition to uh, pro-abortion uh, clinics and, and that sort of thing. Anyway, without delving too deeply into the details, you think that's necessary? You, you look at all the violence that's around us today. You look at all, all the violence around us today. You look at the economy tanking. You look at our caller James identified a couple of minutes ago, the issue at the border. Look how much fentanyl is coming over the border and killing people right here in the United States of America. Look at uh, how many uh, gang members are coming over. Look, 
every every week it seems there's at least a a couple of people who have felonious records and or identified terrorists coming over the border. And yet the FBI, according to uh, this woman's account, came in with 15 vehicles and 25 to 30 uh, FBI agents to arrest him for something. Unbelievable. And again... In, in my history, I have had only very positive experiences with the FBI as, as a co-worker, so to speak, in law enforcement, and even as a, as a volunteer, as a volunteer chaplain. Uh, there was uh, an event that involved a death, and, and I went there as a chaplain, and I dealt with a representative there from the FBI, and I'll tell you, they showed a lot of compassion uh, to the relatives, and I was just very impressed. And so I, I believe a lot of this is happening in the upper echelons of the F- FBI. And the way to deal with that, again, T-minus 42 days, we have to take the opportunity to make our voices known, and that starts with November 8, 2022. And then there will be uh, November 2024, If you like things the way they are going, then you can vote that direction. If you don't like the way things are going, then vote for change. It's important to vote. Absolutely critical, especially especially at this time. And I I just, uh, I'm heartbroken over the way that the Department of Justice is abusing the Federal Bureau of Investigation at this point. Really, really abusing it. And as, as we mentioned with uh, Bob Deklinski, this commitment that they traditionally have had not to do anything, expe- especially around election time, that would possibly affect an election. Well, even in uh, Donald Trump's early, early days in the White House, the FBI was involved in things that involved falsified warrants. Remember the FISA warrant and such. And uh, it's just heartbreaking to me to see an agency that should be regarded and should have the reputation of being one of the finest, if not the finest law enforcement agency in the nation, if not the world, to, uh, to now be abused to such a degree that a lot of people just don't trust it. And I mentioned many times <laughs> in a variety of different issues that we need to, that, that we respond the way we train. And so it's helpful to go through scenarios in our minds before they happen. Uh, for example, like a, a, a sprinter coming out of the blocks in a race. That sprinter doesn't think, I'm going to put my left foot here, my right foot here. I'm going to uh, make sure that I'm just positioned correctly. And don't. no. The runner has rehearsed that over and over and over again. So all the runner has to do is strategically think about either the the gun or the whistle, whatever they're using, to go off and sprint out of that box, out of the blocks. But you see, they've they've trained, so they respond the way they train. And we've also applied that to uh, active shooter incidents as well. You respond, whether you're in law enforcement or you have a CCW permit, you're going to respond the way you train. If you have not been trained well, you likely will not respond well. 
And so to bring this uh, to to a close here, I I'm I'm thinking about because I I'm pretty vocal about criticizing the way the FBI is being abused today. So my wife and I were discussing what do we do if and when the FBI shows up at our door, at our home, bangs on the door, says FBI open up, how do you respond? I have some suggestions. We won't go into that right now, but it's worthy for you to think about. Because it seems today it doesn't matter if you're just an innocent person if the feds decide that you're against them, against their narrative, apparently it's open season on you. And the FBI is being used by the powers that be in Washington, D.C. to accomplish their narratives, to intimidate the opposition, to shut the opposition up, if not put them away. This is sad. I am, again, and, and heartbroken is, is not an exaggeration. I want the FBI to be the finest law enforcement agency in the land and to be looked upon by the world as a, a clean and as an efficient and as a rule of law organization, not what's happening right now. I think it's, it's just heartbreaking. And you have to lay that at the feet of the Biden administration. Trump is no longer president anymore, my friends. Joe Biden is the president. Merrick Garland is the attorney general. And that's, that's where the buck stops with all of this. And the FBI is being used and abused in order to be very ha- heavy-handed against folks that have a different narrative, that are speaking and according to a different philosophy. And, and what does this do, by the way? What does this do to the marketplace of ideas, to the First Amendment? You see, all of these things uh, are, again, they're sad. I'm, I'm saddened by it, but I do believe there's hope. I do believe there's hope, and that's why I encourage everyone 42 days from now to start chipping away at that by voting. And it's one thing, my friends, to sound the alarm, and we need to identify problems when we see them. But it's another thing to dwell on that and to bring everybody down all the time. And that's why I'm, I, and maybe it has to do with my worldview, with my theology, but I believe there's always hope and that God is sovereign. Washington, D.C. is not sovereign, although it may think it is. Sacramento, California, is not sovereign, although it may think it is. And so those of us, people of faith, standing in the light, we need to do so boldly, but righteously, and within the parameters of the law. Very important. And that's, again, why I'm saying in 42 days, we need to exercise our right to vote. All right, about a half hour from now, last I heard, it's... Our, our producer, Mike, has named this, he's dubbed it the Rock versus the Rover. NASA is going to practice saving the Earth this afternoon, about a half hour from now. It's going to ram a space probe at a big asteroid at about 15,000 miles an hour. Now, why are they doing that? Well, they want to find out if they can 
they can possibly alter the direction of that asteroid. It's a test. So saying, well, maybe if that asteroid, by the way, its uh, name is Dimorphus, that sounds like one of those evil characters from the Marvel comic books or the movies. Does Dimorphus. Uh, anyway, Di- Dimorphus. So uh, they're, they're going to have the double asteroid redirection test, the DART, collide with that thing and and so and how far away is it it is 6.5 million million dollars it may be that expensive i don't know 6.5 million miles away from earth so there's no no harm to the planet they want to see if if uh, they can uh, they can alter the course of this is fascinating now here's someone who can explain it better than me and uh, then then we'll get back to the phones here clayton anderson was on, uh, I believe it was this morning with Fox and Friends. Clayton Anderson is a former astronaut. He's uh, penned the book The Ordinary Spaceman. And here he is explaining to, um, to Fox News the mission that's about to unfold uh, a little less than a half hour from now. DART is the double asteroid redirect test. So what does that really mean? It means there's an asteroid out there sailing in space, and it has a little baby asteroid going around the outside of it in in an orbit. And so this mission is to send a spacecraft to that small asteroid that's going around the bigger one, and we're going to shoot that spacecraft into the smaller asteroid and then see if we can measure how its orbit changes. And the idea here is, is that this is a test, a theory, that we might be able to prove that we can shoot spacecraft into bigger asteroids and push them, nudge them a little bit so their trajectory changes so that they won't come near the Earth. (laughs) Wow. Well, and that'll happen, uh, oh, a little over 25 minutes from now. We'll we'll see what happens. It's supposed to happen about 4.15 our time, Pacific time. Again, it's DART, the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, aiming to collide at 15. 1,500 miles an hour, uh, I'm sorry, 15,000 miles per hour with a 530-foot-wide interplanetary body named Dimorphos. So we'll see Dart versus Dimorphos and how that turns out. I'm telling you, it sounds like a Marvel movie. Anyway, let's get back to the phones, 209-551-3483. Let's check in with uh, Debbie from Stanislaus. Debbie, what's on your mind today? Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. And I've got so many things whirling around in my head, and I'm trying to pick out the most important. I think after listening to the nice gentleman that was previously in the FBI, and then I guess he retired, um, I listened to him very carefully and also yourself. I personally, this is my personal belief, everybody has the right to their own belief and their own thoughts. We have to get out of the past and get into the present. We are not the United States of America. I don't care what anybody tells you, what anybody says. We lost that ability on the first day of 2020. Go back and listen to the inauguration and maybe You'll understand where I'm coming from. Also, on this radio program, Mike, you had a congressman there that told you 
and then you brushed over it because you never mentioned it again. He told you on this program that we were no longer the United States of America the minute our, all of our borders were opened. Because in order to be a country, it doesn't matter what country it is, you have to have borders. We don't have any borders. That's why people are coming here by the tens of thousands, by the millions. They're not going to stop coming until the United States Americans stand up, not only in their voting, but they do it physically. They do it all over the world. Are we gutless? Don't we think our country's important enough and our homeless Americans are laying on the ground while they let all these people in our country illegally? They're killing our children. The drugs are coming in. The guns are coming in. All of this is done for a reason. Barack Obama told us decades ago that he hated this country, and he also proved it. You've got to go back in history, and you've got to pull it forward because it's not our president. It's the person who's designing the methods and procedures. The president is only a person standing up in front of you as a person saying, I'm the president of the United States you elected. It's not him that's conjuring this up. Doesn't mean he hasn't done very illegal things because he has. He doesn't have to worry about money like I do or you do or the person on the ground that has no home anymore or the grandmother that's raising her children in her car on the streets. Think about it. If you want your country, don't look to your military to do it. You stand up. You be responsible. All of us are. If we love this country like we say we do, then start acting like it. All right, let me, uh, I've, I've got to hit a mark here, Betty, uh, Be- uh, Debbie, I'm sorry. I've got to hit a mark here, Debbie. Uh, let me uh, let me respond to a couple of your points there coming up in three minutes. Uh, I'll do that as soon as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And Mike Douglas back with you here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I want to respond to a a call we just had from from Debbie. And uh, Debbie's always passionate about her points. And uh, I love passion. Let me respond to a, a couple of things. And one of Debbie's themes was... Uh, this is not the United States of America, and that there was a congressperson, I can't remember who it was, uh, that came on, and they did, uh, some time ago, and said this is not the uh, the USA. Well, I understand the feeling there, but if we are not the United States of America anymore, what are we fighting for? Why should we vote? Why don't we just lay down and become communists? And why don't we just surrender to the religion of climate change? Why don't we just say, yes, there are multitudinous sexes and there are no men and no women and men can get prey? Why don't we just do, do, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? Why do people like Mike Douglas here continue to stand firm in the light of truth? Why are people like me willing to do battle? Because the United States of America still does exist. There is still a Constitution and a Bill of Rights is being abused, but it's still there. There still is the Declaration of Independence 
which explained to the world why the founders were doing what they were doing. What are we fighting for? We are fighting for things like the rule of law. We are fighting for the Judeo-Christian ethics upon which this country was built. We are fighting for what the United States of America is supposed to be. But if, it, if we agree, if I agree the United States of America is no longer, then I'm done. I don't show up tomorrow. The Mike Douglas show is over. In fact, if I believe that, I'd go off the air right now. No point. No point in going till 4.30 when the NFL starts, if that's what I believed. I understand the turn of phrase, and I take that to mean it's not what the United States of America is supposed to be. I will agree with that. I don't agree that it's not the United States of America. It still is, and as long as there's a shred of someone in Washington, D.C. standing up for the Constitution, as long as there are men and women willing to stand up and oppose the destruction, and that's what's happening right now, is there is a an effort, a movement to destroy the United States of America as we know it. The problem for the opposition is they haven't destroyed it yet. And why haven't they been able to destroy it yet? Because people like you and me are willing to stand up and say, no, no, we're going to stand on the light of truth, and no, men cannot get pregnant, and no, there are not more sexes than male and female, and no, we're going to return to the rule of law, and we're going to do our level best legally to defeat you in your mission to do away with the United States of America as it should be, as it was founded on the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and as it exists according to the terms of the Bill of Rights. If I did not believe that, if I believed there was no hope, I'd sign off right now because I have other things I can do. I do not do this for the money. Ah, believe me, I do this because I believe it's a God assignment. I do this because I believe you believe some of the things that I do, and I value your input. I I believe it's time for us to identify the dangers, but then to stand up and execute some strategies to combat it. I'm a fighter. I'm not a I'm not a lay down and and let them tread on me type of person. I'm a fighter. Are you a fighter? Are you? Then let's get at it. 42 days until Election Day. I'll be voting. All right, Mike Douglas Show continues in five minutes. We'll talk about cameras watching you in San Francisco on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The shows you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show as we head into hour number two this Monday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we tackle the big issues of the day that affect you and me right here in the Central Valley of California. Just a reminder, it's T-minus 42 days and counting until the midterms of the elections on November 8. And uh, program note in about, well, let's uh, say about 20, uh, oh, 24 minutes or so, uh, it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also on Fox Sports AM 1280. Uh, just thinking about my impassioned response a couple of minutes ago, I let, let's do a let's do a quick poll. Quick poll using our our call in number and uh, just. We want to hear maybe five, ten seconds, brief, brief answer. Are you have you given up on the United States of America, or do you feel it's worth fighting for? And I understand those that feel uh, defeated. I got it. I'm a fighter, and I believe the United States of America is worth fighting for. What do I mean by that? I mean a. Uh, the United States of America that's founded upon the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, that inception was explained by the Declaration of Independence and a nation's foundations that were built upon a Judeo-Christian ethic. I think all of that's worth fighting for. But not everybody was wired that way. And as, as uh, Debbie pointed out a couple of moments ago, Everybody has the right to their own opinion on that. I don't criticize for people laying down and and saying, I'm done. It's all over. I understand that. I understand that. It's not who I am, though. I am a cautious optimist. And again, I'm a fighter. It, there were, have been several times in my life because of circumstances and or law enforcement activity that I was involved in under the color of authority where my life was potentially threatened. And you can either lay down and let the bad guys do you in, or you can fight within the context of the civil liberties that we enjoy. And to me, that fight, starts in 42 days for many people who may not have fought before. And, and it means understanding the issues. That's why we, we talked about Prop 1 last week. We talked about Prop 26 and 27, and we'll be talking about more propositions coming up later this week. And we'll also talk about candidates as we get, uh, as we get closer to November eight. I believe we need to fight. So here's here's my question for you at 209-551-3483. Are you giving up? Or are you willing to fight for what the United States of America should be? It's a quick question. We're looking for quick answers. 209-551-3483. Have you given up? 
Or do you feel the United States of America is still worth fighting for? 209-551-3483. While you're thinking about that, uh, the Washington Post, ABC has come out with a poll about the midterms. Now, I don't put tremendous stock in polls. I'm of the opinion that polls are often conducted to sway public opinion more than reflect it, although there are some exceptions to that. But I look at some of them with interest. I don't, again, I they don't govern my thinking and, and I don't rely upon them. I look at them with some interest, with some curiosity. So there's a couple of questions. Now let, let me read the questions and the answers. Um, they were asking voters if the election for the U.S. House of Representatives were held today, would you vote for the Democratic candidate or the Republican candidate in your congressional district? Well, it's very interesting. It was almost split exactly 50-50. 47% of the respondents said they'd vote for the Republican candidate, and 46% said they would vote for the Democratic candidate. That's interesting, isn't it? That's very interesting. Now, let's see. Uh, let me let me look at one of the uh, other questions as well. Which, uh, which party do voters trust more to handle major issues? This is interesting. Which party do voters trust more to handle major issues? So the question is, which political party, Democrats or Republicans, do you trust to do a better job handling these particular areas? And let me give you those areas really quick. Crime. The respondents said they trust Republicans more. 50, about 56% Republicans to 34% Democrats. How about inflation? They would trust Republicans more. 54% versus Democrats, 36%. The economy. They would trust Republicans more to address that, 54% to Democrats saying eh, only 37% thought Democrats would. When you get down to immigration, education, and schools, very interesting. It's almost an even split, 45-44 uh, on immigration and 44-43 uh, on education and schools. And I don't doubt this at all. When it comes to abortion, who will, who will carry the charge for abortion? 51% said the Democrats would, only 34% Republicans said Republicans would. Climate change, 53% said the Democrats would carry that charge, and only 32% said Republicans would. Uh, not too surprising, but it's, uh, it's very interesting. All right, we're asking, have you given up, or are you willing to, to fight for what the United States of America should be? And we'll just take quick calls and uh, let us know how you feel. Mark from Modesto, how do you feel one way or the other? I have not given up. And I would just say, why, whether you're against uh, people crossing the border or not, why do so many people want to bypass uh, Mexico or wherever they're coming from and come to the United States? Uh, is it the ideals or, or the money? But I, I will not give up on the United States. Thanks yeah. for listening to me. Yeah, th- thank you, Mark. Appreciate your call. I, and I, I'm, I'm the same way, Mark. I just feel that this grand experiment 
And Benjamin Franklin, I think, was very realistic about it. You know, it's the Republic, and he said it is well-designed if you can keep it. And I, I'm wondering if Benjamin Franklin would, if he were alive today, he'd be really old, wouldn't he? But if he, he would be very surprised that it's lasted ha- as long as it has. And I believe one of the reasons is that the United States of America, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, even the Declaration of Independence, articulating why we're doing what we were doing back then, is built upon righteousness. It's built upon a Judeo-Christian ethic. Now, that is not to be confused with Christian nationalism, not going there, so don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is, no matter what country, what no matter what nation you're in, if you are built upon Judeo-Christian ethics, you're bound to succeed if you can hold on to them. Right now, we're having an assault upon those ethics. We see that very plainly. We're having an assault upon definitions of what is good and what is healthy and what is righteous. You have to have some plumb line for that. You can't just depend upon humanity to decide what's righteous and, and what's right and what's good. You can't because... Humans, we humans, and our hearts are fickle. As a theological term, fickle. So we have to have a higher standard for our actions, for our worldview, for what's good and bad, what's good and evil, for what's healthy and unhealthy. And for the United States of America, and this is opposing those who would attempt to rewrite history, the Judeo-Christian ethic was the foundation for that. And, and, and right now, that's under attack. I, I do believe, believe if the opposition can do away, if they can completely do away with those who subscribe to the Judeo-Christian ethic, yeah, they may win. But I think there are enough of us to stand and fight for what's right. And so I'm, I'm with you, Mark. And uh, you th- think how much ground we've lost over the two years, over two years. Why have we lost ground? Who's in power in the White House? Who's in power in the House of Representatives? Who's in power in the Senate? Hmm? Think about that for a couple minutes, and I'll be back in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, we have a crisis. We have a crisis here on the Mike Douglas Show. I'm running out of coffee. I did not fill up my coffee cup sufficiently, my coffee mug sufficiently. So it's a good thing the NFL is coming up in about eight minutes because if I run out of coffee, I don't know what happens. I've never run out of coffee on this show. But anyway, all that being said, coming up in 42 days is an election. And uh, very interesting, this uh, poll that was conducted by uh, the Washington Post and ABC News 
they also asked a question about uh, the issues of the day and, and what issues were most important to the people that they surveyed. So they were asking, how important will, and they had about six different issues, be for your vote for Congress this year? And I'm going to give you the stats here very quickly. Uh, e- either the, These are the responses that said this is either the single most important, important issue or it's very important. So these are the stats, the responses for this is uh, either the single most important issue or it's very important. Here we go. And I'm going to do them in order of popularity. All right, number one, the economy by and large was the most important issue for the people being surveyed. 85% said the economy, and this is both Democrats and Republicans, independent. These are registered voters. It doesn't have to do with their party. So 85% said that the economy is either the single most important issue or it's very important. There was a pretty much a tie for number two in general. And let's see... Well, it wasn't quite a, a, a tie. I think uh, crime was pretty high. That was, Well, no, it's a tie, really, between crime and inflation. Crime and inflation came in number two. 78% per, uh, of the respondents said crime and inflation were the single most or very important issues. So in order of importance, according to the survey, it's the economy and then Crime slash inflation, sort of tied there. All right, coming in third was education in schools. About 67% said education in schools are, are the two big issues that are either the most important or very important. The fourth most important was abortion. That's interesting. 62% said abortion is the most single most important issue or very important. All right, number five was immigration. I was surprised this was so far down the list. That is fascinating to me. I would think that the economy, crime, immigration, all those would be way up there. Immigration, uh, just a little bit over half, 54% said immigration was either a single most important issue or very important. Uh, and the next, uh, the last one would have been climate change. That's a 50, half of the respondents, only half, said climate change was the single most important issue or very important. So again, in, in order of importance for the people at least that they surveyed, uh, the big burner was the economy, inflation and crime came next, e- education in schools right after that. In, uh, in fourth position was abortion, fifth position was immigration, and uh, sixth position was climate change. So there you go. That, uh, if, if, if you lend any credence to the poll, that's apparently where people are at the moment. Coming up in about uh, four minutes or so, NFL football, Dallas Cowboys versus New York Giants here on Power Talk 1360, KFIV, and also on Fox Sports AM 1280. What about these cameras in San Francisco? Wanted to talk about that very quickly. 
Chris Larson is the chairman and co-founder of Ripple, and apparently he's been buying security cameras for San Francisco. And now the city has given its police department the green light to monitor the feeds from these cameras and any other private surveillance device in the city. Now get this in real time, whether or not a crime has been committed. So apparently now, if you go to San Francisco, you're going to be observed. Now this Chris Larson, the chairman and co-founder of Ripple, he spent around $4 million since 2012 to buy more than 1,000 security cameras in San Francisco. And they're in uh, business districts like Fisherman's Wharf, Japantown, Lower Polk, Mid-Market, Tenderloin, and Union Square. He says, I'm from San Francisco. I believe in the city. In many ways, tech has contributed to the disparity and problems that we see in San Francisco today. And he said, as members of the community, I believe it's our job to help solve those problems by reinvesting in the city and making it safe. So the the people who have the networks attached to these cameras apparently have to agree to give San Francisco PD access to the cameras, but apparently a lot of them are happy to do that. And we'll have to wait for this until tomorrow because we're, we're bumping the clock here a little bit, but I, I'm wondering how you feel about that. On the one hand, if I'm walking through some of those neighborhoods and I get assaulted or whatever, I'd probably be happy there was a security camera nearby to identify the suspect. And hopefully with a new DA in San Francisco, that suspect would be prosecuted. Under previous, the DA, Chase Bodine, maybe not. Couldn't count on that. But I don't know, and we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this tomorrow. How, how do you feel about walking into a city where in, in the major areas where people congregate, you're going to be on camera? And you're going to be tracked whether or not a crime has occurred. I, you know, the, the freedom side of me <laughs> says, no, I wish those cameras weren't there. Not so I can commit a crime, but just feel it's an invasion of my, I don't, invasion of my privacy. I just don't want to be watched by law enforcement all the time. I don't want to be watched by the government because, as we've discussed earlier in the context of the FBI, I don't trust the FBI anymore. And I don't trust that those cameras will be used to accuse me of something I didn't do. So I'm, I will ask you about it tomorrow. Okay, think about that, and, and we'll put that up on the call board uh, for tomorrow here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209 551 Three four eight three. Again, I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. Right now, we're headed to the NFL here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here. See you tomorrow. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.